introducing the Brain Can Do Podcast. Welcome to the Brain Can Do Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Stevenson. I want to start by saying a big thank you for those of you that listened to our very first episode last week and for all the feedback that you've been giving us. For those of you who are still interested about what we do, don't forget to visit braincando.com and join us on Facebook at the Brain Can Do Network. So last week, say our pilot episode, great interview with CEO Julia Harrington, looking at her early career and in particular how you can teach anything but individuals need to provide that passion. As we look at our stories of success for today, I really want to focus on resilience, and in particular, bounce-back ability. Bounce-back ability was actually a term first used by Ian Dowie when he was managing Crystal Palace football team in the 2003-2004 season, and in 2005 it was actually entered in the Oxford Dictionary. And I think I love this term, bounce-back ability. I use it a lot because it sums up what really is needed as a characteristic for success, the ability to bounce back. Last week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Connor Hall to discuss his career, and in particular, this theme of bounce back ability kept coming up. So Connor is 23 years old, playing football for Chorley Town, and as you'll hear from the interview, his career path has not been the traditional path you might imagine a lot of young footballers uh, think about when they think about how their career may turn out. This season, Connor has made the history books. He is the first non-league player in history to score in all three opening rounds of the FA Cup. And what I want to play for you now is Connor's thoughts and processes of how he's got to where he is. Connor, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, excellent. No, real pleasure you joining us. Um, for those of you who don't know, I've actually sort of uh, known Connor quite a long time now. And I can actually remember a time when I was working at a school coaching the senior team Connor probably doesn't even know this you were in year seven at the time and the director of sport called me over from coaching the the senior team and he said Stevenson just watch this for a few minutes and there's a few players you being one of them he was like these guys have got real sort of potential so from your point of view Connor at what age did you realize you know what I'm I'm actually pretty good at football and this could be something that I take further <laughs> well first I didn't even know that to you never <laughs> even told me that but um yeah, no, it was just, uh, it was something I always enjoyed since I was a kid. Um, I went to uh, Binfield Soccer School when I was about four, I think, maybe five, where you just turn up on a Sunday morning and just sort of have a little kick about, have a few games with, with people and stuff. And yeah, I've always I've always loved it since then. But it got to the stage, I think it might have been year nine. So maybe I was 14, I think 13, 14 at the time where I stopped playing outside of school. Obviously, I stopped playing all my other sports and I just concentrated on football and you know so far it's kind of worked out for me. Essen, how difficult a decision was that for you because you've got a family background in rugby you were a very good cricketer and sort of at a school that you're at where you're being pulled to represent the school in all directions how difficult is it to make that decision to specialise at quite a young age? Yeah it was tough because at that age you just want to you just want to be playing all the time whether it's football, rugby, cricket so when it got to the stage where you know I was, I was on a Sunday. I think I was playing a rugby match in the morning, a football match in the afternoon, and then I had cricket training in the evening. So it was proper full on. So, you know, I had to make that decision, and and it was tough. But yeah, it was like I said, it it seems like the right decision at the time. Excellent. And I think the thing that 
my lasting memory of you as a student, Connor, again, was we must have been, you're probably in year eight, nine, um, and you didn't get picked for the county side. And a lot of your teammates did. And has, fate has it sometimes. And I've talked to a lot of my students about this, actually. The coach who was picking the county side was actually managing a rival school that we were playing that week. And I think a lot of people, characters, would have had their heads down, been a bit gutted. It would have affected their game. But you were just sort of cool as a cucumber. I remember you rocking up on the Saturday morning. I didn't need to give a team talk because I was like, Connor's got this. And I think you scored four, maybe five goals. We sort of beat them about nine nil. And for me, it was that bounce back ability that you showed at such a young age that sort of set you apart from some other young players. How did you sort of... Is it something that you were conscious about how you re- react to setbacks? Was that just who you are? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of who I am. I think it's what has been sort of built into me with, with my dad and stuff and the way I've been brought up. But um, yeah, that, that that was obviously a proper kick in the teeth. I remember it because a lot of the lads got in from our school even. And, you know, I didn't even I didn't even make it through to the next stage, I don't think. So that was proper gutting. And, and then, like you said, the Saturday after, you know, you, when you have a point to prove that, that's when you tend to do your best. So, yeah, I think it's that whole trying to prove, prove people wrong that you're, you know, that, that gets me going. And I feel like that, that's, that's the case for a lot of people as well. Because if you just let the first thing that knocks you back keep you down, then you're not going to go anywhere. So you've just got to keep going. No, excellent. I love that in terms of a lot of young people come to me and, and say that, that their excuse for not pushing themselves harder is that fear of failure or past failures. And I think you're a great example of someone, say, who's just gone, I'm going to use that to motivate me even more so. And I guess that's probably a theme throughout your career because at, at 16, you after finishing your GCSEs, you didn't get picked up by a professional academy um, and you went down a, a different route. What's your sort of advice to young people who haven't sort of succeeded straight away in what they want to do? Just just kind of keep going. If, if it's something you enjoy and something you, you want a career at, then the only person stopping you is yourself, you know, like. I could have easily, you know, year 11, 16, left school or done sick form and done a business degree or something that I wasn't really interested in just so I could get a job that I wasn't too bothered about. You know, for me, it was always a dream, but I always wanted to play football. So instead of going and thinking, oh, yeah, I'll just go and do what everyone else does. I thought, you know, I'm going to go and, and try my luck at football and, you know, work hard for the next sort of two years, you know, well along with my football and, and see what happens and luckily enough I, I managed to get picked up by by Sheffield United I think it was a year and a half into my college time so I, it was only a month before I was 18 um, and even then it was only a six-month contract initially so yeah. So you it sometimes might be difficult to compare yourself to others but I always think you were part of a pretty talented school year group must have been part of a very talented squad that you were training with at college what set aside people like yourself who have signed professional contracts and those who who fell by the wayside? Is there something you can pinpoint and said they didn't have that or we did have that? Just just attitude and work rate, really. That's that's the main thing. Things I've always kind of thrived off myself. Um, I had a lot of in college, not so much in school, but in college, there was a lot, a lot of boys who had that sort of talent that, you know, they could do a trick that I couldn't do. And I was thinking, you know, how does he do that? You know, watching him and then, but then I'd watch him on a match day and he'd lose the ball and he wouldn't work hard to win it back. He wouldn't track his runner. He wouldn't bother running back for the team. 
and it's them little one percents that make make the difference at the end of the day because all for that trick you could do I could do five things that you couldn't which I can control in terms of running hard work rate runs off the ball and all, all that stuff so I think it's just that that attitude and, and wanting to succeed and you know not letting one knockback sort of keep you down brilliant advice there and on the theme of knockbacks so you've signed for Sheffield United happy days the manager at the time has a chat with you big hopes very successful first season and then second season is talking to you about looking into the first team you train you say you get a couple of days training with the first team and then you're back with the under 23s and then that manager unfortunately loses his job how does that impact players when a manager who's sort of made some promises or, or shown some faith in you then unfortunately loses how do how do you bounce back from that yeah it, it's very difficult because like it can go either way you know so I had this manager who said yeah like we'll see how it goes maybe go into the first team towards the end of the season or if we're not doing great we'll give you a chance um and then a new manager comes in and if it's someone that likes you you could be starting the next week but if it's someone that doesn't which was which was in my case I got told two weeks after he come that you know I, I wasn't involved and I didn't they didn't really want me at the club anymore well not necessarily not at the club but I wasn't going to make it into the first team so I'd see out the rest of my contract and then and then then go go our separate ways so it, it is tricky but it, it kind of made me as well because when he came I just said right I want to go out and play men's football so I went out on loan. I went to three different teams in, in lower leagues and I worked my way up to the National League to, to play for Woking um, when I was 18. I think I made my debut there. So I was one of the youngest players in the league at the time. So, you know, that, that sort of knockback actually made made me go on and make a name for myself in men's football. So you refused to stay in limbo. Perhaps a lot of people would have just seen out their contract and sulked for a year and you were determined to sort of take a different opportunity and take a different route to be successful. Yeah, literally, that's exactly how it was. Like I had the choice of staying and playing for the under 23s uh, once a week. You know, it's all right football. With, you get good players in there. Sometimes first team has come down and play, but it, it, results don't matter. There's no promotion. There's no relegation. So it's just you're kind of playing for nothing. So for me to go out and then uh, get that value experience in, in the men's game has, has really helped me for today. As Even today, you know, I look back at it and think it was probably the best thing that happened to me. And then, say, things on the up, it seems, signed for Bolton. And you were at Bolton at a very unique time, the club's history. Um, and for our listeners who are not aware, obviously a lot of financial troubles, a lot of first-team players having to depart and a real opportunity for for young players to get some game time and am I right it was a couple of days before the first game of the season that you injured your ankle yeah. so you were being lined up for an, another opportunity and then this setback what what was that like it was very difficult I think that the the whole time I think the last maybe the last year and a half I was there was when the struggle started happening so obviously not getting paid and stuff. We went six months without getting paid from the club. So obviously your head's in a wobble. But then at the same time, you're thinking, you know, all these first team lads that are earning sort of 10, 15 grand a week. You know, I obviously wasn't one of them. They're all going on strike thinking, you know, I can, I can get a chance here. And then the new season come, uh, we didn't sign any players because we didn't have any money. All the current players that were there the season before left because they, they, they couldn't be bothered not getting paid anymore. They wanted to go out and, actually sort of make make themselves financially stable 
so you know I had that, I had that chance to um, to get myself and make a name for myself. First game of the season and it was in League One. Um, we were supposed to be playing against Wickham away. Uh, we were doing shape. It was on a Thursday, so it was two days before the game. Um, ball's gone to the right back. He's putting across along the floor, and I've slid in with my left. And I, I actually scored when I did it, which is funny, okay. funny. But I actually scored with my left, but then my right ankle kind of gave way, and I tore my syndesmosis, which is like the ligament that keeps your tibia and fibula together. Um, so I tore that. I dislocated my leg. I did some damage to my MCL as well. So. Um, so yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't great, but you know it's, it happens in football. It was the first proper injury that I've ever had myself. Uh, I was out for about four months, I think. So by that time, you know we'd all been paid up. We they brought in loads of new players to try and keep the club up in League One, and it was just yeah, it was just difficult because you think that was the time, and then all of a sudden it's gone and it's never coming back, you know. And what did you do to keep going over those four months? Because I know a lot of young players in a position like yourself, their first big injury can be their last because their head's gone, that they don't put in the rehab work. They get frustrated. Like you say, you see people having the chance that should have been yours and it just consumes them. So what did you do to, to again, bounce back ability? Keep talking about that word today. But what did you do then to come back from that one? I think that the best thing that happened there for me was uh, on that Saturday, another of the young lads who was on loan from Preston, Josh Earl, I think he's at Burton at the minute, but he actually done the exact same injury as me. It's quite a rare injury as well, so it was it was strange that it happened sort of two days apart. So we had our surgery on the same day at the same place, um, and he only signed on loan on the Friday, so I never actually met him. So the first time I met him was on the surgery beds, and I was chatting to him, like, oh, we play for the same team sort of thing. Um but yeah, it was good having him because we had the exact same rehab program. We do everything together. Like the last the well, three or four months we were injured, we had everything. We had the we sort of recovered at the same sort of pace. Um, and there's always that little bit of competition where when we're doing the so we we do like our rehab stuff in the morning, and then like in the afternoon we do like a, a proper hard like bike session. And so we always try and beat each other on the bike session, you know. So you put in that little bit little bit of extra work, and I think. That sort, that sort of kept me going because I don't think I would have stayed sane, to be honest, you know. But, um, yeah, having him there was def- definitely a big help. So that role of social support there seems sort of vital when you're struggling on your own. If that's think something we can all take away from, if we can partner up with someone, push us through it, we'll, we'll help with those difficult times. Yeah, that's literally it. Because tra- for me, like training on your own is good, but it's never the same as training with one other person or a group of people it's just you don't I don't feel like you put in the work as much as you would do if you're with someone else no definitely but let's say we don't want to all focus on on the negative sides let's fast forward to the start of this season and the the FA Cup run with Chorley Um, and as we were saying before we started recording you've had all of your ex-teachers coming out the woodwork taking credit (laughs) for your achievements and and wanting to get you in to talk about it what is that that like in terms of going on a cup run, getting national coverage? What was that experience like? Yeah, honestly, it was amazing. So I actually I actually started the season at Woking, uh, but it didn't quite work out. So I I moved to Chorley. I think it's it's obviously it's near Bolton, so it's kind of where I'm settled. So I, I just I just think it's the club for me to be honest. So I come up here, you know, my second game for them was the first round against Wigan and uh, we got there we were obviously all excited playing against a league one side 
we're thinking, you know, whatever we do tonight, whatever we do today, uh, it's a win-win sort of thing. If we give it our all, we're probably going to lose because they were like, like four leagues above us. Um, so we went in with no fear. And then after half an hour, we were 2-0 down. <laughs> so we were like, oh, we're like, the game's gone now. And then literally, I think it was a minute before half time, they had a red card. So the gaffers brought us in at half time and gone, lads, you know, you're never going to get a better opportunity to get through to the second round. He said, you're 2-0 down, yes, but we've had chances and they've got a man less. So just go out there and, and show the world what you can do because it was being streamed on BBC. So, um, yeah, we've gone out there. We scored early on. Uh, we then scored about 10 minutes after that and then it's gone to extra time. So we're thinking they're going to be knackered. They've, they've been on the back foot the whole game, well, the whole of the second half, should I say. And then I think it was about two minutes into extra time, I managed, I managed to get a goal. Um, that was my first goal for the club this season, which was good. So, and then, we, yeah, we just we managed to hold on. I, I had to come off at half-time of extra time because I was so knackered. <laughs> my legs my legs just gave way. So, um, yeah, but after that, it was just, you know, we just thought we were 2-0 down in round one. So any anything after that is just a, it's just a bonus. And then we go to the the Wolves game. You're there on on BT. Have you watched that back? Honestly, how many times have you watched yourself back? Honestly, I've not watched it back yet because um, we don't have a, a thing here where we can record. But back back home with my mum and dad, they've recorded all the games. Yeah. So I, I managed to watch the um, the Wigan and the Peterborough game, uh, which obviously was round one and two. Um, but then Derby and Wolves, I've not been home obviously because of COVID and stuff. So I've not been able to go and to go and watch it, so I'm actually looking forward to going home, not to see my parents, but just to watch the game. <laughs> to <Yeah>. be honest, <laughs> so. we'll, we'll cut that bit out if they're listening <laughs> to this one. <laughs> and so you haven't. So I was, my other question to say, you've got people like Robbie Savage doing the punditry, being very complimentary about you before the Wolves game. Do you get to? Does any of that get bit sort of fed back to you at all later on if you're not watching it back? Do you hear those sort of things? Yeah, yeah, I heard it from, obviously you hear it different ways. My dad was like, oh yeah, Robbie Savage was digging you up, you know, saying saying you know, he's watching the last few rounds and you, you think quality is the sort of player he likes. And then obviously you, you get the mick taken out of you with your mates for like, oh, besties and all that. Like, stand, <laughs> standard mate, mates banter, but yeah, no, yeah. It's, you, you do get fed back to you, so, so it is nice. But yeah, I, I, will, I will watch it all when, when I can. Yeah, brilliant. And I think one of the things that really strikes me about you, Connor, is so we've talked about the resilience and the setbacks, but in some ways it's still talking to 15 year old Connor. You've had all of these great achievements now. You've had the public sort of been in the public eye, but you've still managed to to keep that sort of feet on the ground and you, your focus is still laser sharp. So I suppose it's probably been a different challenge this year in terms of getting a lot of positive attention in a national level. What What do you do to sort of stop yourself getting carried away? I just I just feel myself like I'm yeah we had a great FA Cup run but I'm not really where I want to be at the minute I'm, I I want to be playing in the football league every week like I like I was two years ago where I was either coming on or starting in League One for when I was on loan at Accrington so I just I, I just want to be doing that again and so I feel like yeah we've had a great cup run I've had a lot of attention and all that but for me that was just exposure for me to try and move on to the next step rather than thinking oh yeah you know what a great cup run that's going to live for me for the rest of my life which it will but at the same time I want to have bigger and better things that I can be doing in the next few years because football's a short career you know I'm, I'm 23 now so I've maybe got 10 15 max years if I look after myself 
So if I can, uh, if I can keep in good shape and I, I can try and move move up the ladder again, that that would be that would be ideal. Cool, perfect, Connor. Thank you so much for for joining us today. Lots of great advice there for all sort of the young people listening in terms of what they need to be successful. Um, all the best when the season starts back up and for the future. Nice one. Thanks for having me on. Listening to Connor speak there really reminded me of an article uh, written by Nico van Yprin in 2009, which was published in the Sports Psychologist Journal. What they were looking at was the differences between youth footballers who made it as professional and those who unfortunately didn't. Um, And they looked at people playing in the Dutch league and they had 18 professional footballers and 47 individuals who wanted to be a professional footballer and didn't quite make the grade. And what they found was there was three characteristics that all of those who were successful shared and those who were unsuccessful didn't have. And for me, what Connor was talking about there encapsulates these three qualities and all linked back to bounce back ability. The number one common factor for those who were successful was goal commitment. Individuals who were relentless in their pursuit. And as Connor said, if you sort of get a knock back the first time you don't try again, you're never going to be successful. Secondly was problem-focused coping strategies and engaging in them when setbacks occurred. For me, this is at the heart of bounce-back ability, the ability to identify why things have gone wrong and do something different in the future. And a big part of this was the third factor they found, which was actually actively seeking social support. And Connor's given us a great example there of coming through his injuries and the support of another player helping him through it. That's everything for today's podcast. Hope you've enjoyed listening to our, our thoughts. Please follow us on braincando.com to see what we're up to. Join the Brain Can Do Network on Facebook. I've been Ben Stevenson. Hope you all have a great day.